Hello, dance teachers. Welcome to the Preschool Dance Teachers Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Strong. In today's episode, I have invited special guest Maria Hanley of Maria's Movers to help answer your dance teacher questions and provide advice for your biggest dance teacher challenges. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, dance teacher friends, this is Jessica Strong, and I am the host of the Preschool Dance Teachers podcast here by Dance to Learn. And uh, this podcast is all about answering your questions uh, as dance teachers, whether they are problems that you are having with your dance classes, or if you have questions marketing your program, whatever your questions are, I'm here to answer those. And I always have a wonderful guest with me. And today I'm really excited to introduce uh, my guest, Maria Hanley. Uh, She's here with me today, and we have two really good listener questions that we're going to be discussing. But before we get into that, I just want Maria, to take a minute to introduce yourself to everyone. Hi, Jessica. Thanks so much for having me. Sure. Um, I have taught early childhood dance for a long time. Um, And uh, I had a blog, Maria's Movers, um, some of you might know. And that's how actually we met Jessica. And yeah, I'm just excited to discuss the questions with you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I saw these questions and I thought you'd be a really great person to help um, address these dance teachers' uh, problems that they're experiencing in their classroom. And before I get into the questions, I do just want to say that uh, your blog, I know I've told you this before because I've had you on other things, but your blog was definitely a lifesaver for me when I was a new young teacher. Um, and I kind of miss it. Like, I feel like, I feel like you should, you should renew the blog. It always had such fun ideas, you know, I have thought about it. I think it's, you know, it's definitely worth exploring again. Thank you for that. Of course. (laughs) Um, yeah, it was such a, such a lifesaver for me because back then when I started teaching, there weren't podcasts and there weren't no. Facebooks and Instagrams and all of these, you know, there weren't even, there weren't even videos. Like a blog was a blog, like you read it and that's what you got. And yeah. so, <laughs> you know, yeah. it was kind and, of old school. Yeah. Yeah. And there weren't that many dance blogs. So no. your was like this shiny beacon of light for somebody who had no idea what she was doing back then. So yeah, it was a really wonderful, uh, really wonderful resource, but I'm so happy that you are here with me today. Um, and we're going to, we're going to help two listeners out today. And, uh, I just want to let everyone know if you are a new listener to the podcast, I want to let you know how you can send your questions in if you want your questions addressed as well. And you can always remain anonymous. Um, If you don't want us to mention your name or your studio or anything like that, you don't have to let us know who you are. We're happy to answer anonymous questions. One of our questions today is from an anonymous listener. Um, But if you wanna have your 
questions answered on the podcast, go to my website. It's the preschool dance teachers podcast.com and click on ask Jessica. And there's a little form that you can fill out and you can let me know uh, what you would like me and a special guest to discuss uh, on the podcast. And we will probably get to your, your question live um, on air and we'll let you know when it airs. And hopefully myself and my friends, my dance teacher friends, will have some really great ideas for you. And we can solve some of these dance teacher dance teacher struggles. Um, so again, that's the preschool dance teachers podcast.com and click on Ask Jessica. You can always email your questions as well. You can email them directly to podcast at dance to learn.co. Uh, but all right, Maria, let's get into our first question. I'm just going to read it uh, for everyone. So this says, this is from Anonymous, and it says, Hi, Jessica, just want to start out by saying how much I appreciate your podcast. Your tips on classroom management have helped dramatically with my classes. Thank you so much. Uh, I just have a question in regards to a three and a half to five years preschool class that I teach. They have been generally quite well behaved the whole year until just recently, one of my students' moms had a new baby, which has caused a lot of separation anxiety. We had one horrible class where this little girl was literally crying at the big windows that look into the studio, which then caused two of my other students to get upset and not want to join in either. Anyway, I spoke with the mom and we came up with a plan for this child to bring a comfort teddy, which has definitely helped in the recent classes with her anxiety. However, now I am having issues with the other two children who followed along. Since that day, intermittently throughout the class, they will say they want their mom and will run to the other side of the room all curled up and they won't join in with the rest of the class. Or if we are doing some as a, something as a whole, like pony gallops around the room, they will just stand there and won't move unless I go to hold their hand. I'm pretty good at getting them to join in again with bribes for stickers and saying they can be the leader, etc. However, it really does disturb the rest of the class and I can't always hold their hands for every exercise as it's not fair to the rest of the class. It also feels like I am rewarding them for this behavior, which makes them do it more. I even saw a little smirk on one of the child's faces when she was getting upset. And as soon as I said, you can hold my hand, she was fine. I just wondered if you had any tips for preventing this in the first place. Like I said, I'm able to get them to join in, but I feel like the attention is always on them and I feel bad for the rest of the class. P.S. These kids in particular are about three and a half years old. And then it says, thank you. So that's kind of a big <laughs> question. There's lots to talk about there. Yeah, lots to unpack. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, the separation anxiety stuff is always so challenging. I feel like every situation is so unique and like, you know, it's like not everything works for every child. And um, I mean, I, I've been teaching for almost 20 years and I still sometimes don't know what know. to do with the separation anxiety, you know? Yeah, it's a challenge uh, for sure. I know the first thing that has always been re my recommendation because uh, I've talked about it before um, in my in previous podcasts and I even have a separation anxiety um, webinar 
that Mm -hmm. I've posted. And that is one of my tips for that issue for separation anxiety is to bring in a comfort buddy. Um, Usually in my experience that has helped. And what's interesting, it's, I find it funny that she mentioned that the mom uh, just had a new baby because I literally just had something like that happen to me with a little girl this season who her mom was expecting. And for the first like five weeks, the class, she was totally fine. And then as mom and mom started getting more and more along in her pregnancy, the child just started having issues in class. Like she'd come in and she'd sit down and she'd say, I have to go potty. So I'd send her out to mommy. Mommy would take her potty, but she wouldn't go. And then she'd come back in the class and sit down and go, I have to go potty. And then she'd start crying. And this went on for like four weeks and we couldn't figure out like, was it a UTI? Was it something else? Was she just upset about mommy being like, who knew what it was, but unfortunately the mom withdrew because she couldn't figure out, none of us could really figure out why the little one was, was so upset. But, um, anyway, the buddy is always a good, um, a good suggestion. And so I'm glad that that worked for, I actually, I actually, um, recommended somebody do that this week in my class. I got right on Wednesday. Yeah. I was like, does she have like a little lovey or something she could bring in so yeah that was a really um great idea the one thing I did want to like um like with the holding hands and stuff that she was saying um like I think it's okay if kids are in the room and just kind of observing and not actively participating like can give them the space even like if they're not upset and like being disruptive and they're just kind of sitting on the side you said she said like they curl up in a ball or you know they're still listening to what you're saying and um you know I've I usually invite them back like every new thing that we do like I'll say like now we're doing this like feel free to join us you know um but I think it's like I think like if parents are watching or like it feels when you're teaching, it feels like, oh, they don't like it because they're not participating. Yeah. But I just want to like encourage that teacher to like, it's okay to like settle into kids, not always doing everything in the room. And if, you know, they want like, and I think it's okay also if they want you to hold their hand, you know, (laughs) like it's kind of like. I think it's fine too. Like you can hold their hand and, and then say like, okay, I'm going to hold this child's hand when the kids, you know, are feeling left out or whatever. I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, no, I think, I think something that is important for dance teachers to remember. And I mean, I wonder, it sounds like, it sounds like this behavior picked up especially after they witnessed it from someone else. So I don't know if they participated better before this one particular incident. Um, but I, I do know that in normal circumstances, like if this was a new class and maybe this child was, it was their first week of dance coming in and they didn't know what to expect and they wanted to watch. I always let my parents know that there are visual learners. You know, that's how I learned. Like I yes. literally did not dance in a dance yes. class my parents first signed me up for like five weeks. I was literally that child that sat there. Like I wanted to make sure I felt safe and that I knew exactly what I was getting into and just kind of wanted to like, that's just 
who I've always been as a child. And so that is so normal. Um, Sometimes it takes kids several weeks before they're comfortable, you know, doing things. And, And I think it is a good idea to always invite them to try different things. Like, do you want to, do you want to come dance with a magic wand or do you want to help me pick up the props or do you want to come, you know, watch from your spot, like just babies to just like get them involved. I think that that's something just really important that dance teachers should remember that this is a learning type. Um, And some kids, this is just how they learn. Not all kids are just going to stand up and be like, yay, let's dance today. (laughs) You know, like not all kids are going to, are going to be that, that child. And, um, So that is really good to remind dance teachers. I think, I don't know, I'd love to know more how the kids behaved before this incident, like if she never had this issue with them and if it was something too that's, it's just a new behavior that started. Um, But I think it's okay sometimes to ignore behavior that we that we don't want to acknowledge and focus yes. on acknowledging the behavior that is that is the behavior we want to see. So so in this situation for example, she used the pony gallops where everybody's pony pony galloping. I would say, yes. "Ooh, I see Sarah galloping like a pony. Ooh, I see so and so galloping like a pony. I see thank you so much for galloping like a pony and we're all doing it and then, you know, maybe this little one is just standing there, not galloping. Mm -hmm. The longer I think they stand there and they watch everybody else have fun, I think it'll click in their head and they're going to go, okay, everyone else is having fun except me. So maybe I should go have fun. And like, I would try to just ignore it (laughs) as long as I can to see what happens, you know, like maybe that's, maybe that's what we need to do. Like just ignore the behavior for free gallops. Um, and then at the end, you know, because of course we don't want to, we don't want to encourage behaviors that aren't making our class, um, I guess, cohesive. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I definitely want to encourage the behaviors that are making the class better. Um, so I would say, you know, maybe give all the kids who gallop like a ponies high fives you know, like, good job, high five, you know, go around. And I wouldn't be so much like, oh, you don't get a high five, but maybe it would be, I'm going to give you a high five, but next time I want to see those pony gallops. Okay. just going to say like, you can say like, oh, next time you'll, you'll join in or, you know, when that next happens. Yeah. Yeah. The next time happens and I'll say, remember I gave you that high five. So if you want a high five today, you need to show me those pony gallops, you know, or whatever, and just kind of remind, remind them. Um, I also, uh, I also want to, um, like when you were talking about you, like when you were taking dance, when you were a child, you used the word safe. And I use that word a lot with separation anxiety. Um, you know, like, just like, you know, you're safe in here with me. I will keep you safe. So I want to encourage this teacher, to try to use that language because I think that makes kids feel really safe and it makes grownups feel really safe as well. Like moms, you know, whoever's dropping off. Um, And if you start to use that language, I think it just 
you know, will build safety, you know, like, right. the, like it just builds it in, in your room. So mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to encourage, and maybe she's using that already, um, yeah. but I just wanted to mention that too. Yeah. yeah, I think it is important. And that makes me wonder too about what is the structure of, I, I know I'm focusing on the galloping time because she says that's an activity they all do. Is it galloping where everybody's kind of in their own space and they're all kind of like galloping and everywhere? Or is it organized yeah. where we're all going to gallop in a circle and go the same direction and sort of follow the leader? Because as a visual person, if I were to sit down and just watch people just start dancing like crazy all over the room and I didn't know where people were, that's like super high anxiety and I'm not going to want to do it. Yeah. If it's more organized and everyone's in a circle and maybe we're all going the same way and it's a more organized chaos, I might be more likely to participate after I watch it for a little bit, you know, maybe try, um, how is that part of class structured when everybody's dancing at the same time? Do they have clear boundaries of where they should be when they're all dancing at the same time, or is it more chaotic and that's causing a high anxiety situation? Yeah. Then I don't that's feel safe, point. you know, because then I'm like, right. am I going to crash into somebody? Am I going to fall down? Is, is something going to happen? And then my safety, I would feel safer holding on to the teacher's hand because then the teacher's mm-hmm. there. She's going to keep me safe. So maybe, maybe try that, you know, um, restructure that if that's, uh, how it's organized right now. That's a great idea. Um, yeah. Like it's, it's, that's the same reason why I personally don't like the idea of starting class with a freeze dance. Like I feel like in, in concept, it's a good idea, but knowing how I am, yeah. like, especially if it's the first class and knowing would, how kids are, <laughs> yeah, like I would not, I yeah. would not have ever participated. Like yeah. that would be so stressful. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing and you want me to dance right now. And I haven't even seen, you haven't even taught me anything. <laughs> like that's super yeah, overwhelming. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's, um, that's something else I wonder is what is the, what is the structure like? Um, and also, I, oh, go ahead. Well, I wanted to say like this teacher also mentioned like feeling bad that she was like holding the kid's hands like when they want, you know, when they wanted to hold hands. Yeah. She wasn't, but like, I wonder, I wonder if that's just her feeling or if the kids are like saying, well, you're not holding my hand. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I wonder if she's just feeling that. Yeah. Or if the kids are like, what is the rest of the class doing when you're holding hands? Are they following along with you? Yeah. Or are they like, well, you're holding her hand. You're not holding my hand. Like, yeah, I'm just I would be interested to know. So I just wanted to, again, encourage this teacher to be like, check in with yourself. Like, are you is it just your feelings you're putting on yourself that mm-hmm. you feel bad? Yeah, or because you're giving child what they need at that point. Or is the class actually holding you to like feeling that way, you know? Yeah, no, I think and I know sometimes situations because that's stressful as a teacher when like not all of the kids are participating the way that you would like them to. And then, and you do, you feel some type of guilt and like, what am I doing wrong? And a lot of times 
it's just something so simple, like just restructuring it in a way and it'll all fall in line and it'll all suddenly make sense, you know? I mean, it's taken me, it took me years to change my mindset around that. We're like, just because kids are observing or not, or like not participating the whole class for everything doesn't mean they don't like it. Doesn't mean, you know, right. You can come up with like a thousand reasons why kids aren't, you know, (laughs) participating and make it all up in your head. Like, honestly, exactly. I know. And it's funny because as a teacher, I don't know if you're this way. I literally remember things that happened from like 10 years ago. And I'm like, why didn't I do it this way? What? And I'm like, well, I can't go back and change it now. I mean, I can, I can try to prevent that going forward, but yeah, I think we need to be a lot, a lot kinder to ourselves when things don't go, don't go right. But yeah, I noticed just yesterday I was teaching a tap class and the kids, we did a little circle and I noticed the kids sort of fighting over who was going to get to hold my hand, you know? And so every time I made sure, okay, I'm going to hold this person's hand this time. And this person's, you know, try to make it a little bit more. I'm going to try to hold everybody's hand. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, and maybe we can avoid hold hand, holding hands all together, or we could make it like a partner activity where, you know, hey, Sally, I see Susie over there not dancing. Will you go hold her hand? And then maybe put it where now the kids have a friend. Like everybody find a partner for Pony Gallops and let's partner with a friend. Now let's change friends, you know, so you can start with holding hands with the child and then, okay, I'm going to go find a new partner and go find somebody else's hand to hold. Um, And maybe that's the baby step that they need. Like it could be (laughs) who knows what it could take, but I would definitely, uh, it gets hard when, when we start using things like stickers and rewards and like for me, everybody gets a sticker. So I try not to use parts of class as like, if you don't, you won't get a sticker. Like I try to, like, I try to make that like everybody gets one. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, like uh, I've, I've had those moments where I didn't give a child a, a sticker and it's just like, why, why would I ever even have thought that was a good idea? Um, yeah. So that was, you know. it's more of figuring out, it's more of figuring out a solution to this particular problem that fits yeah. that particular problem, you know, rather than yeah. something that and I think later. what you were just saying about like, um, like speaking what you're doing, like, uh-huh. okay, I'm holding Jessica's hand now. Now I'm going to hold, like, I'm letting go of Jessica's hand. Now I'm going to hold, you know, like say it out loud, whatever you're doing that way, whoever, you know, they're listening, like mm-hmm. nobody feels left out. If that's how you feel it's going, you know? Yeah. And I mean, obviously, if it's a huge class of like 30 kids, I'm not going to have time to hold everybody's hand. Um, Right. Right. Like we can we can change strategies, try different things, you know, different um, brainstorming things to figure out, you know, why. Why don't they want to participate right now? Or is there another solution that I haven't thought of? And let's try let's try this. So but I think. I feel like we've brainstormed some pretty good things. Um, So just to recap, you know, we can um, let the child just watch. 
and see if they participate on their own. Like that's an option. Feel, feel comfortable in that as a teacher, you know. Yeah, just let them be that visual learner. If they're not crying, if they're not distracting, if they're not pulling the attention away from the other kids, like maybe they'll get up and participate on their own without too much coast, you know, coaxing. Try to ignore yeah. the behavior and yes. you know, say, Ooh, I like so and so's pony gallops. Ooh, I like this person's pony gallops. Um you know, and put your focus on the kids that are behaving the way you want um, is always a good, a good try. What else did we talk about? Um, restructuring it. So everybody's going the same yeah. way and it's in a circle and it's not like organized chaos. If that's not overwhelming, I don't, yeah. how, I don't know if that's how it is, but, or maybe it's in a circle and now you want to try organized chaos. Maybe that's yeah. what <laughs> excited. I don't know. Um, yeah. So that was an option. I feel like I'm forgetting things. Um, um, just like language around being safe oh, yeah. or feeling safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. This is a safe space um, and we're all doing the same thing. Um, yeah. And then partner dancing. Yes. Now I'm going to hold your hand to start, but now I'm going to let go and I'm going to go dance with somebody new and a friend is going to come dance with you or encouraging maybe a student that is really good at listening and really good at following directions. Can you go hold so-and-so's hand and ask her to come dance with us and, and, you know, and then switch up the partners. So everybody kind of has, cause I wouldn't want to put that responsibility solely on a child, right. but yeah. having to more be more like partner dancing and we're going to have so much fun. Um, yeah, I think those are some good things to try. And, you know, sometimes we just have to be, detectives and try different things until something works. Um, yes. yeah, yeah. The things I wouldn't do, I wouldn't beat myself up for it. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. for sure. yeah. that's hard to do. Cause I think we're all, we're those empathetic people and we're teachers and we want all of our kids to enjoy class and get the most out of it. So don't beat yourself up over it. And I wouldn't use stickers or anything like that as, bribing. Um, I think we can try other, other things. I think we should always just go, everybody gets a sticker. So let's try to problem solve these other things without using that as our, always our go-to. And I know it's so easy to, yeah. to you know, it's, kids respond. it's hard because it's like kids respond to it. It's I like, know. Oh, you know, it's hard, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the bribing with the stickers is, it's, yeah, it's hard. It is hard. <laughs> I mean, I I still find myself doing it sometimes. I'm like, oh, why did I just say that? I didn't mean yeah. to say it. It's but definitely yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, hopefully Anonymous, this gave you some good ideas to try. And if any of these worked, please reach back out to us. Let us know. I love to come back and recap um, and let people know how the people we've helped are doing. Uh, and if you still need help, don't be afraid to reach out reach back out because we are here to help answer all of your all of your questions do you believe in the power of imagination and creativity hi this is Corey from dance dance hooray and i agree with you imagination and a little bit of silly paired with developmentally appropriate dance skills and concepts will help your students soar the dance dance hooray print and play dance games and lesson plans will engage all types of learners, utilizing their physicality, 
their analytical minds, and their creative imaginations. Our teacher tools help to build on the great technique and knowledge you already provide for your students. But here's the key. They save you lots of time and energy. Tap Dance is at the heart of what we do, and our tap lesson plans and tap resources will help grow the rhythm-making skills that are for all dancers in all dance styles. Whether you're looking to review concepts, activate creativity, inspire movement curiosity, all while saving your own precious time, Dance Dance Hooray has affordable and fun products for your students ages 2 through teens. Are you ready to make Dance Day the reason to shout hooray? Check out all of our products at dancedancehooray.com. That's dancedancehooray.com. See you in the studio. All right, I'm going to move on to question two, which was also a really good one. I actually love this question because I relate to this one a lot. So this one is from Allison. And she says, hi, Jessica, I love your podcast, and I appreciate all of your ideas, which encourage my creativity. Since 2019, I have began teaching a three-and-a-half to six-year-old dance class, creative movement mostly, but add in ballet, tap, jazz technique. I currently offer six-week sessions at a time with about a month break or so in between each session. I have lesson plans based on themes and dance concepts that I use for the class, Recently, I had students sign up for either back-to-back sessions or maybe twice annually annually, (laughs) with breaks in between. While I have about 15 to 20 different classes, some are more seasonal while others I can use at any time of the year. But I feel bad when I have to reuse a class for a student that is repeating my class. While I know kids sometimes thrive with repetition, I also know that they find new ideas exciting as well. Do you find it to be a problem if kids have done the same lesson again? There are certain books and songs that I just love that would want any new kids to experience, but not sure if I should use them again with some of the repeat kids. Also, how do you build upon technique and add something challenging for these repeat kids while having to restart at the basics for newcomers? Any thoughts would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for all you do to improve the dance community. That's a fun question. (laughs) Lots to answer there too. (laughs) I know. Well, it was funny when I was reading this because I connect so much to this personally because I started as a mobile dance program. So I feel like a lot of my sessions were either six to eight weeks. So super short. And when I started my program at the rec center, that's actually how I structured it to do shorter, like six to eight week sessions. I didn't do a long break in between, like we would go from one session to the next. Um, But that's how it was structured at the beginning. And I felt a lot of the same struggles that Allison is feeling with that structure as far as, um, as far as like, how do I make things challenging or am I repeating too much? So I don't know. What is your, have you ever taught in a shorter session? Have you ever? I've done done some. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, a month in between is a long time for kids, for young kids. Like, I don't know if they, I mean, I don't, I think doing the lesson again or some of the things again, like she's saying she like has favorite stories and songs that she loves to use. And I think that that's wonderful and that Mm -hmm. kids really thrive on things, especially if you really love them. 
Yeah. You know, and they can, they can tell that you love them. So they also love them. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I mean, I think kids get new things out of the same, like if they do the same stretch, you know, like, Mm-hmm. I mean, I teach whole year classes and I do a sa- the rainbow, like a rainbow stretch, every the same one, the same song, okay. the same one, every single class. And yeah. then, you know, and they just I think it's like, yeah, I think if, I think it works both ways where like, if you, if it's your favorite and you love it for kids, then they'll love it too, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I've written my Flory Flamingo books and, yeah. um, I use my books every year. The books don't change. The lesson plans don't change. And I have repeat kids that come in. And every time I pull out Flory Flamingo, the kids who know who Flory Flamingo is, they get really excited. They're like, oh my gosh, it's Flory Flamingo. So I read Flory Flamingo at the very first ballet class of every new session. I read her Flory Flamingo's first ballet class every single time. Um, In September, I always do Flory Flamingo's ABCs of Dance. And that's like a four week lesson plan. And then yeah. every December I do Flory's frozen adventure for at least one of the weeks. Yeah. Those are repeats and you know, the kids get really excited and I think there's enough time between for my repeats. Cause I've restructured my program now. Yeah. To teach longer sessions. I don't do the shorter sessions and I'll explain why, but um, now I think, you know, they get several months of other content in there before the repeat. So yeah, enough to keep it interesting, but they still get really excited when. And the truth is like, if there's a, you know, if there's six week sessions and there's a month in between and they're signing up again, they, they they loved what you did. Yeah. They're going to be excited to see it or not, you know, or do something different, Mm -hmm. but they're going to be excited. Even if you do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think where the challenge comes in, I think it, it the challenge for this is more so going to be with the parents. Because I think a parent might look in a window and go, my kid just learned that last session. Like, yeah. why did you pay for a whole new session when my kid already did that? You know, like, I think yeah. sometimes it's harder to let parents, like, educate the parents on these things. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because parents can be picky and it's their money and really they're safe if they're gonna pay for their yeah. kids for their dance session, no matter how much that's they true. want it, you know. Yeah. So I think that's a challenge with shorter sessions. Um, here's why I changed mine. And I don't know if Allison is having any of these issues. Um, but here's why I restructured my program. So I now do I used to do short six to eight weeks. I had come in and was replacing replacing an existing program. So my thought was, well, I want to keep it as consistent to the old program as possible just to make mm-hmm. this transition easier for any parents that are sticking around. And so I did short six to eight week sessions um, and I did different themes every time. And what worked for me was whatever theme was at the first class, it stayed the same theme throughout the entire session. Um, yeah. But then I'd put in 
a different dance concept that maybe we would explore. So every week or every two weeks would be a new lesson plan. Um, The theme was the same, but maybe this week we're learning about pathways. So I have all my balance beams and we're dancing on the different balance beams. And then next week, maybe we're learning about body shapes. So I'm bringing in stuffed animals and we're making poses like the stuffed animals. And then the next week, so it was like the same theme, but but different, you know, that, that worked for me. The issue that I ran into with just having a short session in general, and ultimately this is why I changed my program was I felt like the kids never really got enough out of the session for it to be like, they didn't really learn what I wanted like they got a really fun lesson every week but did they retain any of it I don't think so like even the kids that maybe like maybe if I had kids that were a little bit older but like my three-year-olds you know by the time the parent showcase would come which would be the last class of the session they would never be ready and it was sort of like it was it was almost started to become embarrassing because the parents would come in and they'd be so excited to watch and then their kid would just sit there and cry or the kid would just want to go sit in mom's lap and it was I started thinking okay I need to start thinking more quality over quantity here and it's I need a long time yeah and to like really get used to it yeah sometimes we were just talking about with the other scenario, sometimes it can take the kids three to four weeks just to walk to the class and that's the session. And then they only get two weeks of dancing time, you know, and that's definitely not enough to prepare them for things like that. So I think um, like that's the challenge with short sessions is, and I'm a big advocate. I, I don't regret anything about restructuring my program. Yeah. right sessions like to me it just makes more sense my kids get a lot more out of it um still change up my theme every month um and if you look at my if you look at my classes this year and compare it to last year I'm teaching the same things like I do all the same themes um some plans that I love that I teach every year that come back and so those kids concepts like concepts are the same too Uh like they you know yeah. So it's like, I'm teaching the same things, but you know, it changes enough that I don't even think the kids realize, even if they yeah. have come yeah. back and repeated <laughs> a session, yeah. like it's been so it's been a whole year before they get it again. Um, I mean, it sounds like this, Allison, right. It's the mm-hmm. teacher's name. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like the six week thing is working for her. Yeah. And she kind of rotates around in the genres. Um. <laughs> But when she asked about the basic to the challenge, I I mean, yeah. I think if you have old kids and new kids together, you can teach the basic in the same class and then offer the challenge, you know, or just like offer it to the whole class. Or you can say like, Jessica, you do this and, you know, you try this or I don't know. I think I think there's ways to like, you could also like you like if it's something you've done before you can add a prop or change the song you know if it's like a free dance change a song or whatever there's a there's like some like you're saying like restructure it or do it in a different like maybe you did it sitting down last time you can do it standing up this time or 
you know, there's different ways to restructure it. Yeah, for sure. I think the hard thing with having kids of different levels, I remember specifically right before I restructured my program, I had a ballet tap combo class and I had 15 kids in the class at the time. That was another thing I restructured was I restructured how many kids because I was like, I just can't do the 15 kids in one class anymore. But I had a little girl, she was already older. She was on the age five range. In this particular session, I had so many three-year-olds and none of them had never danced before. Yeah. So here I have this five-year-old who's danced with me before, mixed in with all of these little three-year-olds who couldn't even sit on a spot. You know, so so I'm just trying to get the expectations going in this five-year-old. And I remember mom coming up to me at the end and she's like, man, she's like, I, I just don't feel like this class is right for her anymore. Like I saw her like listening and none of the other kids were listening. And I was like, well, can we try, can we try another class? And this was like the only class that worked in their schedule. So she ended up withdrawing, which was summer. Yeah. Cause I was like, no, she's like my, she's like my example child. Like, leader. Right. So, yeah, like everybody look at, I can't even remember what her name is at this point. It's been so long, but everybody look at so-and-so she's sitting on her spot so nicely. And I didn't have that anymore. Um, so I think that is a challenge. Like, I don't know what her age, did she say her age structure? I can't remember if she did. I feel like she said a three to five. Yeah. I think like sometimes you get the three, like you get a good mix of threes, yeah. fours and fives. And sometimes you get like a lot of threes and then like one or two fives and you're like, oh, you know. So yeah. she did say it's a three and a half to six year old. So that's, that's a hard. Yeah. It's hard too. Like I wonder, I wonder if there's a way to like... And this is why it's so hard. Like, I don't know what her, what her situation is, but like, can she have just a three to four year old class and then a five to six year old class? That way the kids that are in that, you know, they're new to dance, they get all the new, the time to get and then the more advanced kids, they get to move on into this older class um, where they can get some more of the advanced movements. Cause that was always hard to um with it because because yeah if you have to always go back and just start from square one and you're explaining expectations how do you get the kids that have been dancing with you for a while to continue to progress that is the hard thing but I I do kind of like the idea like I do a lot of uh we do a lot of group things and so I wouldn't personally, like if we're dancing as a group, we're all going to do the same thing because we have yeah. to. Yeah. So if it's like center bar, we're all doing plies. We're all doing tendus. We're all doing these things, but it would be going across the floor. Maybe I have someone who can skip. So I'm going to say to yeah. that dancer, hey, can you show me your skips? And then to everybody else, we're just going to chasse today, you know? And so yeah. I think you can pick those moments in class where those more advanced kids that have repeated, you can do something like, can you show me your skips during this part? Um, Or instead of just marching, can you march on your tiptoes? Or instead of just balancing and passe, can you twirl and find those where you can challenge each individual? Um, Right. And I think also you could, if you have like a child, one or two or three even, you know, you can give them like, a leadership role in the class if they've repeated like 
like you were saying that one five-year-old, you know, she's my leader, like maybe to make them feel like they're like, they're not repeating the same things over and over, yeah. you know, you can have them demonstrate or, you know, be the leader. Yeah. So that's another idea. Sure. You know, she also said something interesting, how the class kind of changes styles. Like it's a three and a half to six-year-old class. And she does primarily creative movement, but she may also add in ballet, tap, or jazz. Uh-huh. And so it could be maybe where she switches things up too. Like maybe, like, I don't know. Again, I don't know how her program is structured or what kind of, like if it's her studio or if she teaches for a studio and she doesn't have a okay. whole lot of, um, but maybe that's where she could change it too. Like maybe this session, we're going to do more jazz technique. And then next session, we're going to do more creative dance. And then this session, we'll do more ballet or maybe a combo of the two and switch up the dance styles. That way, everybody kind of gets a little something new, even the kids that are repeats, you know, like this session, we're doing ballet jazz. And that might be a good alternative too for those parents who are like, my kid already did all this, you know, yeah. you, yeah. have those. Um, you know, and then it's something kind of new enough for everybody. Um, so that could be an idea too. But I mean, as far as her questions, like, is it bad to repeat lessons or bring back books and props and things? I think that's fine. I think yeah. if we them up, like, I think if you did two sessions in a row, Maybe not so much, like if the last session was already focused on this whole thing and then we're repeating it, I would definitely space it out, like give it time. But mm-hmm. I just know from experience, no matter what time of, type, time of year it is, if I pull out Flory Flamingo, my kids are like, oh, it's Flory Flamingo. <laughs> um, and then if they've never experienced Flory Flamingo, it's a fun enough lesson plan and they see everybody else excited about it that they're excited like it's just it just works right I and I also sometimes experience the opposite of like I want to do something new but the kids ask for the thing that they wanted like that we've done before (laughs) like okay you know I'm bored with this but the kids are so into it I know I've had that before I I kids my kids most of my kids like doing new things. So if I ever repeat something, they're like, Miss Jessica, we already learned this. So it's weird. Uh, kids are yeah, weird. I, I don't get kids. that that much. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she's getting, maybe that's why her question is. Cause she, yeah. I mean, I don't know if she's getting parents and kids or if she just feels yeah. like she's yeah. not confident in it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know a lot. I I think a lot of these things, just like with the last one, it's us going, am I doing enough? Am I doing this right? You know, and usually we are doing enough and it's okay. You know, totally. Yeah. Um, It comes with it. Just, yeah. Like that confidence. I feel like just, it takes so much time to to build, you know? Yeah. And you're helping, you're helping so many teachers, Jessica. (laughs) That's my goal. I want to. Yeah, I think she has a lot of options. I think, you know, find what works and stick with that. And if her current structure is working, then don't change, don't change it. You know, if you can find a a way to change it, even if it's just, okay, I'm not going to repeat any themes two in a row. And I'm going to not repeat a theme until I've done two new themes in there or, this session, let's try creative dance. Next session, let's do ballet and see how that works, you know, and try, see what works. Um, yeah. 
you know, and I don't think there's a right or wrong solution um, at all. I think, I think if it were me and I couldn't change the length of the session and I had to keep it the short six weeks, my, what I would try first, just knowing because I've lived, uh, <laughs> I've lived this experience my choice, I think, would be to swap out the dance styles that I teach yeah. and do like this. This session is going to be a ballet jazz combo. And then next session, let's do a creative dance and hip hop. I don't know if these were the styles she put, um, but and then let's do a ballet hip hop and jazz. Yeah, and, right. and maybe swap it up there. I think when I'm thinking about all the solutions we sort of had if she's worried about, you know, repeating too much, that would probably be the one that I would try and yeah. see if that works, you know, if yeah. she has that option. Um, what, yeah. what option would you go with if you could pick one of the ones that we, that we talked about? What, what would Marie I mean, do? I don't know. I think, I think making the sessions longer, if she has that choice, I think, you know, that yeah. way she doesn't feel like, things are she's repeat like she has to start over every time you know because six weeks is not very long um but yeah. I don't know if she has that choice so if she doesn't have that choice <laughs> um I think yeah I think I would go with this like changing the theme or doing the theme and then putting in the the dance genre changing that yeah I know it's it gets challenging in these in these scenarios, I will say I do not, I think I already mentioned this, but I do not regret changing yeah. my structure yeah. from the shorter, like it was the yeah. starting over. It was the constant, like having to start from day one and re-explaining my expectations to all of the new kids. And then the kids that were there, I could feel their frustration as they watched sort of the other kids you know, just get acquainted to the dance class. And then all of the admin, like every six weeks I was having to do new email lists and new, like that was a whole other issue was all yes. of the admin when I had to completely redo a new class. So because well, yeah. you have to be like, are you going to sign up again? Like, who's gonna, know. you know, like it new feels like you're flyers and new, new emails, yes. new everything. Yeah. It's just, yeah, that was another big reason, but yeah, if she doesn't have that option, I think that that might be the way to go and test it out. Um, but hopefully, hopefully we were able to help you, Allison. And again, like all of our callers, let us know if you try any of the options that we're sharing with you. And if something works, if if this was helpful, and hopefully it was, um, reach back out, let us know, and we can do a fun recap episode and like a, where are they now and how are things yeah. going? <laughs> we were able to provide a solution that's going to work uh in your dance program um but anyway I think that that was a really fun episode and we got to help two dance teachers uh find solutions for some of these for some of these challenges that they are having and thank you Maria for being a guest it was super fun yeah. to have you on again yeah and then just real quickly before I end the episode I always ask for you to share where people can find you if they want to follow you on social media 
Well, yeah. Well, I still have my blog um, live, which is mariasmovers.com. And on Instagram, I'm at mariasmovers. Um, yeah, I think that's that's where you find me. <laughs> and I'll be sure to link uh, over to those on um, on our blog, on the podcast blog, so people know where to find you as well. Uh, but thank you so much. And I'm happy we were able to answer these questions today. And then I'm just going to repeat what I said at the beginning. If you are a dance teacher listening to our podcast or even a dance mom, studio owner, whatever your role is, if you have a question for me that you would like help with, um, the best way to reach out is on our website, preschooldanceteacherspodcast.com, and then click on Ask Jessica. And I always put that in the podcast um, description so that you can find it or email me podcast at dance to learn.co. You can remain anonymous. We don't have to share who you are or where you're at or anything like that. So we've answered a lot of anonymous questions. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to have more guests on. If there is a guest that you guys want me to invite, let me know. Um, or if you want to be a guest on the podcast, I would love to have you. You can reach out the same ways as mentioned above. Um, and I'm happy to invite new guests on onto the season. Um, this episode today uh, was sponsored by Dance Dance Hooray. So there will be a, a commercial in here to let you guys know how to follow Corey at Dance Dance Hooray. So please check out her stuff. I partner with Corey for tap materials for preschool age dancers. She has a really wonderful program and I'm so appreciative that she sponsored today's episode. Uh, but with that, I'm going to end it. And I hope everybody has a wonderful week. And I look forward to answering more of your dance teacher questions soon. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. You can share your opinions and feedback on today's topics on our social media pages. Just search the Preschool Dance Teachers Podcast. The Dance to Learn podcast airs every other Thursday at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. If you are struggling in your preschool dance classes and would like tips and advice, you can ask Jessica by visiting the Preschool Dance Teachers Podcast.com and clicking Ask Jessica, and your question may be addressed on the air. If you're enjoying the new podcast format, let us know by leaving a five star review. See you next time. Happy dancing.